Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Separate pathways. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka. On this Friday, September 29th, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. A government shutdown is set to begin tomorrow night after the House and Senate advance legislation that the other chamber won't approve. House Republicans held their first hearing on an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Witnesses say more evidence is needed. Another strike deadline looms for the Detroit three automakers today. An update is expected later this morning. And on the travel fronts, items you cannot bring on a cruise. Firearms, uh, illegal drugs, those are never good ideas. Um, but then there are some like more everyday type of things. And the biggest category is sort of electrical appliances or anything that might uh, be a fire hazard. Coffee makers or clothes irons that have a heating element, those are typically prohibited. Nathan Diller at USA Today on the obvious and less obvious things that are banned on cruise lines. Still no agreement in place to fund the government beyond tomorrow, increasing the likelihood of a shutdown, which would furlough hundreds of thousands of federal workers and halt a wide range of services. The Republican-controlled House passed three of four bills funding parts of the government, though the partisan bills would not alone prevent a shutdown, even if they could overcome Senate Democrats and become law. Republican Bob Good of Virginia. It is a failure of leadership. The Speaker committed in January that we would vote on all 12 appropriations bills well before the September 30 deadline. For its part, the Senate earlier in the day had voted 76 to 22 to open debate on a stopgap bill known as a continuing resolution, which would extend federal spending until mid-November. It's already been rejected by House Republicans. The funding fight focuses on a relatively small slice of the $6.4 trillion U.S. budget. Lawmakers are not considering cuts to popular benefit programs like Social Security and Medicare. Further insight now on budget talks from Dusty Johnson, Republican congressman from South Dakota, who's part of the Problem Solvers Caucus. Dusty, where's the optimism you had a few days ago? My optimism is waning. I mean, shutdowns don't do anything for anybody. Uh, you know, every once in a while you'll get, you know, a tough guy. I'll, I'll have, you know, citizens, South Dakotans, they'll be like, ah, shut it all down. The government doesn't do any good anyway. And I get it. That's kind of a cute little bumper sticker slogan. You know, the reality is when you've got a single parent who's a Marine who is putting his or her life on the line for their country, they're trying to feed their two kids, and then our federal government is not going to pay them, we're actually going to deny them a paycheck. And then when you've got Americans who want to get an answer from the IRS, or they want to get an answer from the Farm Service Agency, or they want to get an answer from the Indian Health Service, and then we're just going to send these federal government employees home and not have them work for the American taxpayer. These shutdowns don't do anything for anybody. Uh, The politicians still get paid, but uh, I'm growing uh, more skeptical that we're going to be able to avert a shutdown, which, which is going to happen Saturday at midnight if we don't get our act together. I would say tensions are starting to run higher, and we just got to be big boys and big girls. we got to roll up our sleeves, and we got to try to figure this out. It's been said that some of these key sticking points are border security, funding for Ukraine, and overall spending levels. Break that down for, for me with regards to how you feel, say, uh, border security. 
Yeah, all three of those issues are totally legitimate. I might start with funding levels because when you're talking about funding government for the next year, that's really, I mean, clearly that's what the fight is about at its core. You've got uh, a Senate that is more comfortable spending money. You've got uh, a House, or at least the House Republicans, that uh, say, listen, we're going we're $2 trillion upside down just this year. We're not in war, and we're not undergoing a pandemic. And so how do we like how do we start to bend these trajectories in the right direction? I mean this debt is just going to consume us. In the last 10 years we spent 3 trillion dollars just on interest on the debt. We didn't get anything for that. We didn't get a sailor, we didn't get a soldier, we didn't get a safety net. The problem is that we're at a tipping point. And so in the next 10 years we're not going to spend 3 trillion on interest on the debt. We're going to spend 10 trillion interest on the debt. And that's going to crowd out all other kinds of virtuous spending. And so in general, House Republicans feel like now is the time where we really, really need to start. Not that we're going to get it all done at once. We've got to start moving in the right direction. And the House and the Senate are really far apart on that question. We're speaking with Congressman Dusty Johnson, Republican from South Dakota. What about funding for Ukraine? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I support uh, funding for Ukraine. I mean, obviously, it should not be a blank check. I think we want to make sure that our European partners are doing even more than we are. We've got to make sure there's accountability. We have to make sure that we're not doing things that mean American men and women in uniform are going to die on a Ukrainian battlefield. But Vladimir Putin is a thug and a dictator. We, we live in a world where you don't get to just go invade a country because you want to. Bullies don't stop because you ask them pretty please. Bullies stop because they meet uh, a pushback force. And, uh, you know, well, by and large, I mean, so much of this support is giving the Ukrainians older American systems. Many of these munitions need to be replaced anyway. Some of these platforms are 30 and 40 years old. And so, yes, it, it's expensive when we need to replace them, but, but the American military gets better kit out of this deal. And so some of these estimates about what we sent to Ukraine are really double-counting math. Uh, it, it, it is not anywhere near as much money as some people think. Uh, I do think an increasing number of, of Republicans, including myself, want to make sure that we've got accountability for this spending. And I just guarantee you, uh, more accountability is going to be a part of any money that is sent to Ukraine. All right. Uh, There are members, obviously, who don't want to spend any more money on Ukraine. But how do you guys all get together and square this? Uh, There are certainly people who don't want to send any money to Ukraine. I I, I think they're ignorant of history. I have asked some of my colleagues on the House floor, what is the difference between the illegal invasion uh, of Russia uh, into Ukraine? What's the difference between that and when Germany invaded Poland on September 1st, 1939? There aren't any differences. And you'll every once in a while you get somebody say, oh, well, you know, so many of these people in these invaded areas, they're Russian speakers, or, you know, they're kind of part of a broader Russia. This is just about unification of the, of the motherland. This, this is the exact same argument that China is using for why an invasion of Taiwan would be okay. Mm. And it's the exact same argument that Germany used for why it was okay for them to just swallow Aust- uh, Austria. These, these are the lies. These, this is the propaganda. This is the misinformation that tyrants always use when they just want to go enlarge their empire. Thanks, Dusty. Dusty Johnson, Republican congressman from South Dakota. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. 
Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2023. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday. House Republicans spearheading an impeachment inquiry of President Biden have detailed foreign payments to members of his family. The initial impeachment hearing yesterday by the House Oversight Committee reviewed evidence that Republicans have gathered so far about foreign business ventures by Mr. Biden's son, Hunter, which they say shows that Biden family members were selling access. Committee Chair James Comer of Kentucky says the president has lied about family members' business dealings. One of those steps is gaining insight into where the Biden's foreign money ended up. For what purposes? Therefore, today, I will subpoena the bank records of Hunter Biden, James Biden, and their affiliated companies. Democrat Jamie Raskin of Maryland. And I'm afraid the majority forgot to bring the evidence with them today. And our GOP colleagues are frustrated, and I know why. Their own witnesses don't agree with them. Speaking of those witnesses, George Washington University professor Jonathan Turley and forensic accountant Bruce Dubinsky said the panel had enough evidence to open an an impeachment inquiry, but not enough evidence for impeachment charges. 20 minutes after the hour on this morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. A government shutdown appears all but inevitable as House Speaker Kevin McCarthy digs in, vowing he will not take up Senate legislation designed to keep the federal government fully running despite House Republicans' struggle to unite around an alternative. Congress is at an impasse just days before a disruptive federal shutdown. House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries. When a bipartisan continuing resolution comes over from the Senate today, tomorrow, this weekend, put the bill on the floor for an up or down vote so we can end this MAGA Republican nightmare. Government funding expires after midnight on Saturday. Number two. Tensions are rising and accusations are flying between the Detroit automakers and the UAW as the union threatens to expand plant strikes. The UAW is expected this morning to announce additional targets. Meanwhile, police say a car struck union picketers in a hit and run. While they were protesting in Michigan earlier this week, UAW President Sean Fain blames the automakers. Shame on these companies for hiring violent scabs to try to break our strike. Frustrations remain around key economic demands and what some see as a lack of urgency by the union to reach a deal. Sources say GM and Stellantis have grown increasingly frustrated by a lack of participation from Fain and what they say are delays in receiving counterproposals from the union. Number three. The New York civil fraud trial of former President Trump and his company is back on track to begin Monday after an appeals panel lifted a temporary stay on the start of the trial. The order came hours after New York Attorney General Letitia James said she planned to call Trump and three of his adult children as witnesses. The five-judge appeals panel rejected Trump's request that it block the trial from starting. Another probable casualty of a government shutdown? Fat Bear Week, the annual celebration of wild bears who put on weight to prepare for hibernation. From October 4th through the 10th, the bears of Alaska face off March Madness style on the Fat Bear Week website, where people can vote to crown the best and chunkiest bear. But during a shutdown, many agencies such as the National Park Service are not permitted to update websites and social media pages. That means no Park Service social media promotions of Fat Bear Week. Wow. So Bear Force One. (laughs) 
who won last year is not going to be able to defend his title, possibly. Well, maybe he gets to keep it until a new one's crowned. At 1,400 pounds, he could do whatever he wants. <laughs> True. Thank you, Jen. Few things can put a damper on pre-cruise excitement, like having your bag flagged by security. Much like airplanes, there are a number of items you cannot bring on a cruise ship. Some may seem obvious, but others may surprise first-time passengers. Here's a list from Nathan Diller, consumer travel reporter at USA Today. Nathan, take us through it. You know, a lot of the same principles apply. Some of the obvious items um, that you would think, you know, you can't probably bring as a carry-on on the plane or probably things that you can't bring on a cruise. But cruises do have some of their own uh, specific rules. And it's like cruise security that goes potentially through your bag or like I haven't been on a cruise. I don't know how like bags are screened. What's the process? Yeah, you go through some form of security at the port when you're getting on the ship. So um, if you have carry-ons, they'll go through uh, security and um, and then the the port or um, crew members helping with embarkation will um, scan bags. And if they, if they catch anything that is uh, prohibited, they'll notify you so um, you'll know what they're going to do if they're going to confiscate the item and keep it until uh, the cruise is over or if it's something that um, they might throw away if it's if it's a perishable item or or beverage something like that but um, usually it's it's all happening as you're getting on the ship okay and so what are the obvious things that you can't bring on a cruise yeah well so some of the things you know people might assume like firearms uh illegal drugs those are never good ideas um but then there are some like more everyday type of things and the biggest category is sort of electrical appliances or anything that might uh, be a fire hazard so generally um things like uh, coffee makers or clothes irons that have a heating element those are typically prohibited um candles of course you might you know want a Mm. candle to make your room smell nice but those probably are not going to be allowed um and and cruise ships do often have a limited number of outlets in the cabins uh, which can be an issue for some travelers but if you're going to bring a power strip or some form of um, extension cord you want to make sure that uh, it doesn't have a surge protector because those typically are also not allowed so um you have to make sure that it's cruise ship compliant um, version of that. I didn't even know there was such a thing, a cruise ship compliant power strip or extension cord. Yeah, you know, I mean, and policies will vary for all of these things by line. So some lines will have specific criteria that others don't. Um, so it's always a good idea to look ahead of time. But um, but yeah, you want to make sure that uh, the things that you're bringing are allowed by the line that you're sailing with. Wow. We're speaking with Nathan Diller, consumer travel reporter at USA Today. His piece is called, These Items Are Banned on Cruises. Um, are there fluid restrictions like an airplane, like uh, what, 3.5 ounces or something like that? You know, not not quite so specific in terms of size, um, although, although some lines do specify the type of uh, container that you can have, whether bottle or can. Um, but uh, the, the biggest thing when it comes to liquids is alcohol. Um, people might not know that uh, beer and hard liquor are typically not allowed on board, but you can bring um, some uh, different like wine or champagne if you want to bring those to um, drink during your sailing. And typically the cruise lines will have rules about uh, how much of that you can bring. So Royal Caribbean, for instance, allows passengers to bring one sealed 750 milliliter bottle per sailing. 
And then, of course, you can buy additional bottles on the ship or in port, but those are generally going to then be stored by the cruise line until uh, you disembark. Thanks, Nathan. Nathan Diller, consumer travel reporter at USA Today. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. We are America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday, September 29. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. No budget from Congress means a government shutdown looms for tomorrow night. The Washington Post says some far-right House Republicans are planning to replace Speaker Kevin McCarthy as soon as next week. A House committee held its first hearing into a Biden impeachment inquiry. The United Auto Workers Union could expand its strike today. Trump's civil fraud trial to begin Monday after a judge rejected efforts to delay it. Lions over the Packers in Thursday night football. And a beer for a good cause. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America has powerful digital solutions for local and global businesses so you can make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2023. With Congress divided on passing critical spending legislation, a federal shutdown is looming as we head into the weekend. What it means for our wallets from Mark Hamrick, senior economic analyst at Bankrate, who says this amounts to money up in smoke. Mark, explain. Yeah, first of all, Gordon, I think that we want to think about the fact that uh, there's high concern these days about federal debt and deficits, right, which have continued to build. Uh, And in this process where the federal government has a partial shutdown, uh, hundreds of thousands of federal workers are furloughed. Those whose jobs are deemed critically important continue, but none of them are paid on an ongoing basis unless the Congress sort of carves out exceptions for, for example, members of the military. So uh, all these federal workers either essentially go home uh, or have to stay on the job, sort of ordered to work despite not being paid. Uh, And in the process, there is both wealth destruction, essentially money going up in smoke, uh, or at least a delay in economic activity. The other part is that uh, along with the federal workers who are furloughed, federal contractors, as well as those businesses that are reliant on the federal government, uh, face the prospect of not being paid. So, in other words, some work will probably just go by the wayside. Mm. And then all the tangential businesses, let's say the restaurants, the dry cleaners that are reliant on those federal workers who would be going about their daily rounds, they'll never probably see some of that business again. Yeah. Well, you touched on it a little bit, but uh, I'm always struck by the optics here, and that's that members of Congress, elected officials get paid, but not 
active duty military. Exactly. And I think, you know, probably the American people might like to sort of uh, reverse that, but sure. uh, that, that doesn't seem to be an option at the moment. Uh, one of the biggest concerns that I have is that uh, during a partial uh, federal government shutdown, uh, there is an interruption and delay in the release of economic data. And this is data that you and I talk about all the time, Gordon, because it's critically important to get a gauge of where the economy is or has been at any point in time. Uh, and for example, as we speak, uh, it is scheduled that uh, we would have the monthly employment report released uh, this next Friday. Uh, as it stands, if, the, if there's not funding for the federal government, that is not going to happen. And we also uh, risk the delays on other important data, such as uh, measures of inflation. All of this at a time when the independently funded or sort of self-funded Federal Reserve, which would not be directly affected in terms of staffing, is trying to get policy on fighting inflation right. And here we're, they would be hamstrung because of lack of access to government statistical data. So uh, there are no real winners in a partial government shutdown and plenty of losers. And ultimately, it's, it's counterproductive for the American people and counterproductive for the economy. We're speaking with Mark Hamrick, senior economic analyst at Bankrate.com, talking about what a government shutdown means for your wallet. Um, so you have folks who are going to be furloughed, which by definition means they are being told not to come to work and they won't get paid but they still have a job. Right. Yeah, the furloughed workers uh, in every past instance have eventually been paid. So essentially, you know, taxpayers end up paying them not to work courtesy of uh, the uh, dysfunction of, of the uh, Congress and, and one party in Congress in particular where the infighting is uh, intense. Uh, and I think, you know, if people are concerned about, let's say, vital services, I don't think for the most part they need to be concerned about that because the people whose jobs are regarded as mission critical, whether for national security or uh, literally safety, those, those people do report on the job. But one of the things that has forced a resolution of this in the past has been where all of a sudden the TSA agents start calling in sick or there isn't sufficient staffing for air traffic control. And that's where, uh, in an air traffic sense, the rubber meets the road. And, and so that's where uh, people start complaining. And, and those are the sorts of things where when you see a, a, essentially a, a, a traffic jam, so to speak, that uh, Congress eventually has to get the job done. Thanks, Mark. Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Analyst at Bankrate. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, it's been a big week for national days. If you're on social media, you're well aware of National Daughters Day on Tuesday, followed by National Sons Day yesterday. And somehow we missed National Morning Show Host Day on Wednesday. Gordon, I don't know exactly how that happened. What? We missed uh, that? Somebody's got to be paying attention to these things. These, these days are so important, Mike. <laughs> how could we possibly miss that? We'll have to uh, celebrate retroactively. But even if you don't have kids, Kids or aren't a morning show host, all of us who inhabit the very early mornings can come together and celebrate today, National Coffee Day. To celebrate, free coffee is available all over the place today because the only thing better than coffee is coffee you don't have to pay for. And the website nationaltoday.com put together a surprisingly thorough history of coffee consumption around the U.S. and the world. For example, the history of coffee itself goes back to 15th century Yemen, with Europeans getting their first taste in Venice about 100 years later, though some reacted to the new beverage with suspicion or fear, calling it the bitter invention of Satan. 
In the U.S., it was the Boston Tea Party in 1773 that turned us from a nation of tea drinkers to coffee drinkers. And then it was the opening of Starbucks in 1971 that cemented our coffee obsession, with coffee shops alone raking in now over $45 billion a year. I was thinking as you were reading this, could you imagine what coffee tasted like in 15th century Yemen? (laughs) I can tell. I can tell. Say one thing: you weren't going anywhere near no. that coffee. There was no, uh, no. Cre- there was no flavored creamer no. Uh, there at that time. I'm sure there probably wasn't even you know milk to be had, yeah. uh, or at least not easily uh, uh, during those years. I find my way to the Nile River and drink mouthfuls <laughs> of that before I drink 15th century Yemen coffee. Yeah, yeah. You, you certainly were not a uh, coffee drinker back in those. That'd days. That'd be a cross between battery acid and motor oil. Would be my guess. Yes, yes. The uh, li- pass this around. <laughs> Delicious. Well, I feel I feel more alert. I mean, it did wake you up, but it was the bitter invention of Satan, uh, yes. so, so they yes. called it. So, yeah, uh, not, not something to be taken lightly. And then what heaven came along and counteracted that with flavored creamer. Oh, there you in go. In my book, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Handed down from above. Mm-hmm. And uh, Philadelphia sports fans are known for being ravenous in support of their teams, but few can lay claim to having 80 razor-sharp teeth or being able to swallow a whole turtle. That's why it was unusual when a full-grown, alli- full-grown alligator on a leash walked up to the gate at Citizens Bank Park this week in the hopes of taking in a Phillies game. Wally Gator is a working emotional support alligator owned by Joey Henney of Jonestown, Pennsylvania. The reptile has a big presence on Instagram and TikTok. Unfortunately for Wally, security denied his entry into the game, citing the stadium policy on support animals, which states guide dogs, service animals, or service animals in training are welcome. All other animals are prohibited. And he spoke to the Philadelphia Inquirer last year and said that Wally Gator helps him battle depression and that he likes to give hugs. And he said that the Gator has never bitten anyone. Wow. I don't know. I I feel like this this, uh, uh, rules that the Phillies have for the 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 support animals is a little bit vague. Like there's nothing there specifically banning uh, gators, reptiles, and they actually don't say anything about emotional support uh, animals. They say guide dogs, service animals, that sort of thing. All other animals are prohibited. They may need to update their policy now if people are walking gators up to the gate. So it's like uh, reptilian discrimination or something here. Yeah. Keeping out the gators. I mean, again, never bitten any. He doesn't have a record of any kind, you know. Right. They have, you know, bark in the park, you know, probably 10 times a year at stadiums these these days. So I don't know. I feel like Wally needs to uh, get a break here. Anybody seen my chihuahua? That would happen if you allowed, I think, the gator into the the, park. Yeah, you don't want to have that happen at the same time as bark in the park. You don't want Wally there that day. But maybe another day would be a good day for him to show up. How about Joey, though, just making his argument? Yo. Yo. I bring my alligator out everywhere I go. (laughs) Use guys. Love it. One thing we all have in common is a need to feed. If you're like me, you love to eat and want to eat right without much pre-planning and shopping. Enter HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall with HelloFresh handling all the meal planning and shopping. They do the work, you take a bow. Plus, HelloFresh is more than just dinners. There's breakfast, quick lunches, fresh snacks, tasty, time-saving, and delivered to your front door. HelloFresh's convenience, variety, and quality keep me eating right all day and night. Right now, save from the start. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh's menu offers 40 recipes and over 100 add-ons. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Say goodbye to boring meal plans and HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon. 
Thanks for being with us. After an initial burst of post-pandemic happy hours, many employees are adopting a stricter 501 and I'm done attitude to their work schedules. More U.S. workers say they're trying to draw thicker lines between work and the rest of life. And that often means clocking out and declining invites to socialize with coworkers. Gretchen Goldman, research director in Tacoma Park, Maryland, told the Wall Street Journal that the flakeout rate is so much higher at events now. This summer, Ms. Goldman sent an invite to 100 colleagues for casual after-work drinks at some picnic tables just outside the office as a goodbye party since she was taking a new job. Fewer than 10 people showed up. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The U.S. is moving closer to a government shutdown with House Republicans braced to oppose a last-minute proposal forming in the Senate. Congress faces a deadline of midnight on Saturday to pass a new budget before hundreds of thousands of federal employees are placed on unpaid leave. The Senate has forged ahead with plans for a temporary funding agreement, which House Republicans oppose. But House Leader Kevin McCarthy believes time remains for a late agreement. I think having both parties look at it, being able to put together this commission, having it be able to come back with a guaranteed vote, no amendments, you vote it up, you vote it down. It's the only way we're going to tackle long term where we're going. Deep divisions have dimmed any hopes of a deal. Number two. With a government shutdown looming, House Republicans held their first hearing in an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, accusing him of lying about family members' business dealings and condoning their trading on the Biden name. Ahead of the hearing, House Republicans released a trove of records they cast as incriminating and tying President Biden to his son's business activities. Jonathan Turley, one of the GOP's witnesses. This is a question of an impeachment inquiry. It is not a vote on articles of impeachment. In fact, I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment. That is something that an inquiry has to establish. Democrats criticized the inquiry as unwarranted, stressing that Republicans were undertaking it without a full House vote. Number three. Former President Trump said in a legal filing Thursday he would not seek to move the state racketeering case against him to a federal jurisdiction, a surprise move that would mean his Georgia trial would likely be televised. Trump and 18 co-defendants were charged last month by Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis with operating a criminal enterprise to overturn Trump's narrow loss in Georgia during the 2020 presidential election. Well, if you have plants in the background during your work-from-home Zoom call, you are more trustworthy. That's one of the takeaways from a new study that analyzed how video conferencing backgrounds can affect first impressions. People who sit in front of houseplants or bookcases are perceived to be the most trustworthy, while those who use cheesy novelty backgrounds, such as beaches or animals, are seen as the least dependable. A blurred background or blank wall ranks somewhere in between. Wow. All right. Thank you, Jen. Glad you're with us. Ed Anzalone, better known to the New York Jets community as Fireman Ed, who's famous for leading his J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets chant at home games, now has his own beer. It happened after a man from Virginia emailed him explaining how his brother, John Monji had been paralyzed from the chest down after a diving accident. He wanted Fireman Ed to visit them in Norfolk to lift John's spirits. So Fireman Ed flew to Norfolk. When he returned home, he found a local sponsor for his Jets podcast called Bolero Snort Brewery, which also agreed to make a Fireman Ed beer. A portion of the proceeds will be set aside for Mr. Manji to help the family with the substantial medical bills. It'll be promoted this weekend at Bolero Snort Brewery before the Jets host the Chiefs Sunday night. 
For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.